Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. Hello out there, lovely listeners, and welcome to another bonus episode of the Tarot Coven podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jasmine. And I'm Jekinovia. And this time on the show, we're here to talk all about another Wheel of the Year celebration. It's time to light the candles, bake all the breads, and clear the cobwebs as we welcome the magic of Imbolc. We'll chat about some easy ways to observe the spark of new growth and the quickening of life. So let's shake those winter blahs and get into it. So as always, let's get started with some basic, basic stuff. We're going to talk about the dates. Imbolc in the Northern Hemisphere is typically on February 1st. I also saw uh, in some of my research that some people will wait until the sun reaches 15 degrees of Aquarius, which I found super interesting. And it kind of makes sense. It's just the halfway point of that zodiac season. And I'm sure that the sun is at a particular peak point at that moment. But really, this is the halfway point between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. We are halfway to spring, you guys. I mean, unless you also, yes, but unless you also live in Canada, where February is one of the longest, coldest, grayest months, even though there's only 28 days. (laughs) God, but it's 28,000 days. Yes. 1,000 days. (laughs) How does that work? I mean, February honestly feels like the longest, most boring. Right? It drags. It really does. Yeah. I didn't sign up for this. No, I don't think any of us did. (laughs) I've been saying since I was little that I was born in the wrong hemisphere. (laughs) Yeah, I can totally get on board with that. (laughs) All right. And let's talk about the moon and astrology correspondences. So this would correspond with the waxing crescent. It's the first light in the moon cycle. And it's sort of the first light in um, this like waxing part of the year. This is a time to start taking the first steps on your goals and intentions for the cycle ahead. But it's, you know, more about focusing on what's right in front of you because that light has only just begun to grow. So there's going to be lots of time to, you know, take the bigger steps, see the bigger picture. But this is just getting started. And it's Aquarius season. And Aquarius is a Saturn-ruled sign. So there's still these, like, restrictions and limitations that we have during this time of year. But I think we're starting to feel inspired about how we're going to, like, build up and beyond those structures in the year to come. So let's talk about some history. Jekinovia, how did the ancestors celebrate this Wheel of the Year Day? Well, as most holidays, it's um, a fire festival. So of course. So bonfires <laughs> and, and all the candles and, and such. But um, Imbolc is also pronounced, okay, I'm still learning Gaelic. So pardon me if I butcher this to any native Gaelic speakers. <laughs> but it's also pronounced Imol and Imolk. So without the B sound. Right. And that translates to the womb, like in the womb or in the belly. So like the seeds in the earth. Animals are starting to mate. New life is quickening kind of in the womb. Uh, also, it's called, by the Druids, it's called Imolk. 
uh, mm-hmm. which translates to use milk. So because I'm a history nerd or just a word nerd too, <laughs> this kind of this kind of makes me giggle. <laughs> so bear with me. So this translation is really weird to me because the literal translation for use milk in Scots Gaelic is banya kura. Uh, <laughs> so okay, I I guess it's kind of a specific term rather than a dra- uh, like a direct translation. It's right. kind of like the French term for eggnog, lait de poule. So yeah. it's actually te- hen's milk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't milk hens personally, but anyways, I just found that was just like a, a cool little fun thing. That's so interesting. I always found that such a funny translation. And I mean, it's something I saw as a kid, but uh, Tyler and I lived in Montreal for like three and a half years. So we saw (laughs) it a couple of times, like around the Christmas holidays and stuff. And it always struck me as so strange. I know, right? I mean, it's just lost in translation, I know. But when you do it, especially like if you're an English native speaker and you're trying to put all the dots together and it's it's comical. Yes. It's just funny. (laughs) So, and I mean, also, I, as I was writing down the notes, I just wanted to make a, an extra note and say how appropriate it was that um, Autocorrect kept wanting to switch the spelling of imulk to oatmeal, oh. <laughs> which is perfect for imulk because it's one of the symbols. Yes, that's so perfect. Yeah. Now, some people do call it candle mass, which is perfectly fine if that's, you know, how you roll. But just to clarify, candle mass is a completely different celebration. It's a Christian feast day. Hmm. Um, and I think it's from around the third or fourth century AD. I might be wrong on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of draw that little parallel too that it's celebrated around the same time, but it's not the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. It's kind of like it kind of gives me Samhain, Halloween, Yule, Christmas vibes, but maybe a little exactly. bit different. It seems like uh, Candlemas is pretty old itself. Yeah, it is. I mean, in Mil- Obviously, he's been around since prehistoric times, but I think it's another one of those situations where the Christians were just adopting traditions and right. they were already having a party, so they created one around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, maybe this is a good place to bring this up before we go forward, but I kind of see a bit of a connection between uh, Imbolc and Groundhog Day. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's like it's February 2nd and not February 1st, but there's something about the divination surrounding Groundhog Day. I mean, I know people probably don't see it that way, but we're letting an animal decide for us. Like it's forecasting the future of our weather for us, right? And yeah. it's so interesting to me that that's such a widely celebrated thing. And it's it's almost like nothing to people like, oh yeah, the groundhog will tell us if spring or winter, or if spring is coming early. <laughs> We're so accustomed to like, it. But like tarot cards? Oh my God, that's the devil's How work. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I love the double standard. Yeah. The thing I love about Groundhog Day is it's, it's kind of like that. When I was a kid, I, I couldn't understand the difference because it was always, it's a month and a half left of winter or six weeks left of winter. Yes. It's the I mean, same. As a kid, I was like, huh? <laughs> Say again? And uh, so now, obviously, as an adult, I know it's just it's something fun to break up those winter blahs. So it's, For sure. it's good. It's good times. But I, I like, I do not remember a single time when the prediction was correct, even though there's like no <laughs> prediction to be made, but it seems like it was always wrong. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a false sense of hope, but 
like we were saying, if you're a Canadian, you will grasp onto anything Absolutely. just to get you through the last Absolutely. Fall. I love Groundhog Day. I always check in. I watch the Groundhog Day movie every year. I love yes. it. It's a great Don't holiday. Worry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, sorry yeah. to derail our history lesson. Let's get back it's on okay. board. Ground, groundhogs are important. They're important. <laughs> Um, okay, so another way that the um, ancestors used to celebrate is, th- well, they would actually call this, um, okay, again, sorry if this is terrible, Bael Brigia, so the festival mm. of Bridget, the goddess. So mm-hmm. she's also known as Bride or Brig or Brigantia, depending on where you're from. Uh, she's the triple goddess. She's often depicted as like the three stages of the fem- feminine life cycle. So your maiden, mother, and crone stages. So she's got three faces or three personalities. And uh, she's the goddess who reigned over cattle and farmland, any kind of smithing. So like your blacksmiths, your silversmiths, your goldsmiths, uh, poets mm. and bards. So your poetry and your songs and your history and your stories, bakers and brewers. So offerings of milk, grains, breads, and beer are her favorites. Um, and wearing things like handcrafted jewelry, like handmade things, um, or setting out your best polished silver on your altar. So those are all really good ways to give like give her a nod. Ooh. I like that. I didn't know that um, because I know Hecate is also a triple goddess, so the maiden mother crone symbology. So I didn't know that that was also associated with or that was also Bridget's, I don't know, jam. That's the wrong word, but you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> I get it. I get you. Yeah. She was actually the very first goddess I ever had a connection with. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think that's why Imbolc is just so special to me because that was kind of mm. when I just felt it you know I felt it for the first time yeah so it has that special place in your heart yeah so I mean <laughs> you know this is this is going to be r-rated for a second guys so Ooh. fertility rituals and rites were really popular back in the day it's an excellent time for sex magics if that's what you're into total consensual or solo perfectly fine however you want to do it um so it's like planting the seed yes of course and here's and here's a fun fact in the northern hemisphere August and September are the most popular months for birthdays in the northern, like where we are. So huh. What that means is conception actually took place sometime in December and January. So in bulk is when a lot of pregnancies are confirmed. Oh, super interesting. Cool, right? Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I mean, this is reminding me of this meme that I saw once and it has nothing to do with in bulk, but... Uh, I, it was about how a Scorpio created Valentine's Day so that more Scorpios would be born. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so appropriate. Yes, it's appropriate for Scorpio especially, but that's really interesting. I'm, I do know a lot of August and September birthdays and births. Like, yeah. Huh. Very interesting. No, it's just. Statistically speaking, it's actually true. That's when that's the most popular months for birthdays. Well, I mean, right around the holidays and New Year. And exactly. I mean, we got to yeah. stay warm somehow. Everybody's having a good time, getting cuddly. Yep. So if if you're in that season of your life, just be careful if you're not wanting to uh, procreate. <laughs> Little of course. disclaimer, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to what the ancestors did. So they would light lamps and candles, like we were mentioning before, They just to kind of welcome in the sunlight and the warmth of the sun coming back, because this is actually, it's not the um, rebirth of the sun. That's, yeah, um, 
you know, the one we just did, Yule, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the birth of the sun. But this is more <laughs> like that, that spark, that spark of life, that um, quickening. So, I mean, if, if you know the pregnancy cycles and stuff, quickening is like when you start to, start to first feel that fluttering, that movement. So the oh, first okay. like physical signs of life. But yeah, so remembering that Imbolc originated in present day United Kingdom and Ireland and also Scotland, of course. Uh, some of the grains that would have, they would have been sown around this time. And I think they still do to this day. Like their grains are sown, which is weird to us over here because the ground is frozen and there's like right. feet of snow on it. It's not possible. But so those grains would have been sown and the livestock would have been set in the same pens to breed so that they would know kind of when to expect the, the babies to come. Um, offerings were made to Bridget, a lot of them incorporating kind of fire energy and asking her to bring them a good harvest and healthy young livestock because that was what she watched over. Um, mm-hmm. They would have seen the first signs of life, like snowdrops and crocuses pointing, uh, like poking out of the snow. If they had it, I'm kind of jealous because they don't always have snow. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and also just to see any sort of sign of life pro- uh, cropping up in February seems yes. just bizarre to me, but yeah, also very lovely. I, <laughs> and I was watching Edwardian Farm, so it's it's a documentary, historic, historical documentary, and in one episode, it was February. And they were picking daffodils. Wow. Now, it, like, that blows my mind. I'm like, daffodils yeah. here are like May if we're lucky. <laughs> like, we're picking up dirt and like weird garbage that has, <laughs> that's maybe like thawing <laughs> from the snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In between blizzards, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so That thing that you anyway, accidentally that- lost in your backyard has finally thawed and you can harvest it in February. <laughs> <laughs> it's not frozen anymore. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, spring. It's so but, close. Yeah, so they, I, I know. It's, it's so not. Close. It's, it's so January, like, 14th as we record this. It's so far away, you guys. I know. I know. So send help, guys. Just send, send tea. Send help, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, so I think with all these, like, flowers and stuff poking, poking out, they would bring a lot of flowers to brighten up their homes because if they've been stuck inside all winter— they want to cheer themselves up and, and brighten everything up. Yeah. And well, that totally makes sense to want to bring in uh, these flowers to be brightening up your home if it's possible. I mean, I guess with with conveniences of the world as it is today, we could probably go to a store and find some fresh flowers or have it ordered in, depending on you know what mm-hmm. your sort of quarantining situations are like this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, so okay, so that's what our ancestors did. How do you typically celebrate Imbolc, Jekinovia? Um, Well, I actually find Imbolc to be the most peaceful and quiet, kind of serene and inward focused celebration, in, like in the entire wheel. So I try, I try to really spend the day in silence if I can, if it's at mm. all possible. Um, yeah. I spend time a lot of time reflecting and daydreaming, journaling. I light a ton of candles. Um, yeah. I do some tarot. I don't put on music or anything like that. I try to keep it as quiet and still as possible, like thinking like a seed in the ground waiting to sprout, kind of feeling out the surroundings in that quiet, kind of insulated mm. area, um, finding out when the best time is to break open the shell and emerge. So it's, it's a lot of reflection and then planning as well and kind of letting that spark of inspiration, that awen just kind of flow. Yeah. So, yeah. That's and I really try to do nice. some baking. Yeah. I, I do like it. It's It's very... I'm a hermit, so it's perfect. Um, <laughs> sort of to derail, sidetrack, whatever. Do you, let's say you're doing a tarot reading any other time. Or do you listen to music typically? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. It depends on my mood. Yeah. 
Yeah. And do you, like, do you ever listen to stuff with lyrics or do you have instrumental stuff or is it, you oh. know, you switch it up? I switch it up. Um, I okay. find my best focus comes from either like 1930s and 40s kind of jazzy, sometimes it, uh, vocals, but usually instrumental or Celtic or like really soft blue glass, mm. blue glass. Yes. Blue grass. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, gotcha. I I'm just always very interested to learn that about people, whether they're doing a tarot reading or writing or or just working in general. Because I I can't focus with any lyrics of any kind. Like it has to be instrumental oh. stuff, and typically it has to be like very specific. Um, I think it's just called lo-fi beats. So it really okay. kind of almost gets me into a meditative space where I can actually really zo- um, zoom in on stuff and and like zone out everything else. But I cannot do, I can't do lyrics ever if I'm writing or reading tarot. Really? It'll just infiltrate everything that I'm thinking about and I can't get a clear, yeah, I just That's can't so focus. Cool. So the idea That's of- so interesting. Of, yeah. So the idea of you doing this like silent reading feels- kind of normal to me, but I, I totally get that it's probably not the norm for most people. Yeah. I mean, usually like, especially cause I work from home. So usually I have a podcast or a documentary or something going right beside yeah. my computer. And weirdly enough, it helps me focus because then I yeah. don't hear all the little noises around the house and it, you know, I don't think, oh, I got dishes in the sink. Uh. So mm-hmm. I think just cause I'm so used to always having something going, it doesn't affect me, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I know a ton of people that are like that. I don't know. I, know, I, I just want to say that it's your Gemini rising, but I don't know if that's true. I feel like I want to attribute <laughs> everything possible. to your Gemini rising. <laughs> it's okay. I love my Gemini rising. Some of my favorite people are Gemini. <laughs> it's all good. But uh, yeah, but I actually, I know, I know a couple of moms when their kids actually got old enough to go to school and they had the house to themselves, they could not tolerate it. I was one of those people. So, Okay. This like the silence here. or? Yeah, the silence, the quiet oh, house. Oh, totally makes so, sense. Oh, when when all four of my kids were all in school on the very first day where I had like no kids in the house, <laughs> I put on like kid shows, like <laughs> the oh, little kid shows in I the background. totally get All that. day long. <laughs> yeah, that makes so, perfect sense. Because all of a sudden yeah. it's, I mean, it's such a change, right? So. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. deafening silence. It's yes. Just, but you learn, you learn to love it and you learn to, you know. Yeah, you use it. Yeah, it's what we do. I forgot where we were. That was fun to to go. I'm oh here we go. Sorry, I totally derailed. Don't even Um, don't even be sorry. I love it when you do that because we get into some (laughs) juicy stuff. It's so juicy. Well, you were just chatting about your when you're reading tarot, kind of in the silence and. Yeah, I so I do that. I mean, and I we men you mentioned this actually on the the live that we did the other night that uh, there's all the pillows, all the pillows, all the throws. I wear comfy clothes sometimes, our little secret. I don't even get dressed in my pajamas. I stay in my pajamas all day. I keep my my slippers on. I keep my house coat on and I just say, it's all about the cozy. It's all about feeling good and feeling warm and and safe when I can, when I don't have to work, obviously. (laughs) Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And I feel like that's a little easier for people to maybe do this year as well. I mean, I, True. I've i been working at home for a long time, so I'm already of, like, it's so normal for me to put on a nice top, but always, I always have sweatpants or leggings on. It's very rare that I put, <laughs> I hate pants, like, I hate jeans. I just, I think pants are the worst, so I very rarely wear them, unless, like, yeah. sweatpants, which I feel is different, but... 
Yeah. yeah. So being in comfy, cozy clothes all day long is ideal. I think that's why I am all for the long, flowy skirts. I think that's why it's because yes. I don't have to wear pants. Yes. Dresses, <laughs> And in the wintertime, I just wear stretchies perfect. underneath. Exactly. Yes. I'm right there with you. So, but yeah, usually I try to do some baking as well in Imbolc. And that's when a lot of my Celtic knot bread, that's when I learned how to do the Celtic knot bread was on Imbolc. I spent a whole day trying to figure it out. And I taught myself and I did it. And I was so excited. Oh, wow. And now I like to teach everyone else how to do it. Yeah. And everyone, you should go to Jekinovia's Instagram. I am Jekinovia because she has like a great video on how to do it. And it looks so, yeah. you make it look so easy, but it also just looks like a lot of fun, actually. Like it, it looks is. like the it's kind so of bread, like when it comes out of the oven and it's in that shape, it feels like such an accomplishment. Yes. And it, it is. It's super simple. Like the end product does not look simple, but I swear it's super simple. And you can work your magic into it. So you can like chant a spell into it or you can add, you know, some certain nuts or spices or whatever for that you're trying to make intentions for. It's just so good. And then when it comes out, you can pick it off in pieces and you can maybe share it, some of it as an offering on your mm, altar or yeah. leave some outside as an offering for the nature spirits or, you know, however you want to do it. Love that. So, and I also have a manifestation ritual that I do every year with bay leaves, a candle, and a cup of moon salt. So, moon salt is like rock salt that I've left out underneath like a full moon or a new moon, depending on what I'm working with. And so, things that I want to manifest, I usually pick three main ones. And I write down a few keywords for those things on bay, on a bay leaf with a marker or a pen. And then I stick them in the salt in a bowl or a cup. So, basically what I do is I kind of set them inside the salt, which it looks like snow. And so they're kind of growing out of the salt. They're growing out of yeah. the snow and, and out of the frozen ground. So that's why I'm, it's manifesting, right? So, and the salt protects and purifies the intentions and it keeps negative attachments away from them. So any fear or doubt or other people's judgments that might affect them. Um, and then for stuff that I want to let go of and release that might maybe hinder my manifestations, I write keywords for those things on bay leaves in the same way, but then I burn it. So if you try this though, be really aware that the bay leaf, it crackles and lights really fast and then fizzles yeah. out. So yeah. make sure you've got some place to drop it quick because it's going to go quick. So I usually, I have like a big shell that I use that I've collected from the ocean. But uh, you could use like a metal bowl or even a bowl with water in it and just dunk it in there. Yeah, I mean, the first time I started burning different kinds of herbs, I would just stand next to my sink so that I could just like run the water oh, so if smart. anything really tra or like crazy happened and I would just like throw it in the sink. <laughs> yeah, and there's so definitely perfect. been a few times like my old pine needles that I've sort of bundled together. Now I'm mm -hmm. aware of how they burn and, and sort of how to control it. I still am safe yes. with it, obviously. But the first time I didn't realize and I wasn't near the sink and I just ran to my <laughs> sink. It was pretty funny, but I was it's safe. So good. Thank goodness. Good times. I, I learned early on um, to always, when you, the very first time you ever try to burn any kind of herbs, take them outside with a bowl or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason I know this is because I did mint. And I was like, oh, that's going to smell great. Mint does not smell great when you burn it. It does oh, not. No? It smells like really bad B.O. <laughs> oh, like no. Really bad B.O. Well, certain kinds of mint. So my whole house really stunk of mint for an entire day because I didn't know to take it outside. But I learned. I learned Little. really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of thing you learn fast and you don't do it again. <laughs> exactly. Thank goodness for windows. But maybe not in February. Mm, <laughs> yes. Learn from our Probably mistakes, another yeah. reason why I wasn't outside when I was burning the pine needles. I feel like it was probably during winter and I was like, I'm not going mm -hmm. out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, live and learn. All right. Well, let's 
chat. I mean, I think we did kind of cover all the kind of rituals and activities. Maybe there's a couple more here. I had kind of suggested a pre-spring cleaning, and I think that you had elaborated on this a little bit in our notes, like a um, we're we're cleaning up the Yule tree if we haven't already. You know, we're getting rid of that. We're putting away the decorations from Yule from Christmas. And then I love what else you had to say about it. Yeah, like uh, my suggestion is to kind of go minimalist for a while. So like after you've chopped away all the holiday decor, uh, leave your walls bare for a little while. Leave your tables bare. Don't put all your trinkets back up where they were. Because I know in my house when I'm bringing out the Yule decorations, I kind of put all my regular quote unquote stuff away in in bins. So I just like to go somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of leave it tucked away for a while and just go really minimalist and like very few things out and just it just it's a nice it's like um a blank canvas yeah I love that um what else we we talked about the fire for sure the baking um blankets and throws everywhere journaling divination um, I had also suggested in my research, I saw that this, um, that in bulk was a lot about like purification and kind of healing. So any spells or rituals that you might already do around that, like maybe, um, a particular kind of bath you might want to do, this would be a good time for that. Yes. I, I like the idea of a bath. You could journal in a bath. Sure. Why not? Um, And I like what you say here about this being the time to start implementing routines and creating new habits, because I think that that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the waxing moon, how, yeah, this is a time to start taking action on some of your intentions. And if you want to talk about that in terms of even New Year's resolutions, but it's like the stuff that is right in front of you. So you're not tackling your biggest goal of the year, but you're just starting that cycle of, okay, how can I get rid of this? But what am I replacing it with? Like, how am I changing that to then help me like further down the road when I am ready to tackle that bigger goal? Yeah, it's like breaking it all down into those little bite-sized pieces. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think Everybody starts off January 1st with like all these lofty goals and the New Year's resolutions and so much guns blazing. Like, yeah, let's let's do this. And I think by February 1st, they're just like running out of steam because it's like mm-hmm. they they burnt everything up front rather than, you know, prepared for a, mar- a marathon. Yeah. So this is a really good time to kind of take stock then. Of, okay, this is what I wanted to do. This is where I really fucked it up. And so how how am I really going to move forward with this in more manageable steps rather than, you know, jumping in head first? And it's also a really good time for setting and enforcing new boundaries with people. Yeah. So don't be afraid to say no to things that are too much of a strain on you because this time of year, we're tired. We are exhausted, especially after last year. So say yes. no if you can't yeah. take on something. Your kids don't need to be in 25 different groups and activities and you don't need to be on every committee that you're invited to and, and join in every bake sale or whatever you you can say no it's okay you're allowed yeah and especially with it still being I mean yes we are in the waxing part of the year but it's still it's still dark it's still a time of inner work and stuff so I don't think that we're meant to be I think there's still some behind the scenes stuff that we need to get done before we're fully out there you know yeah yeah, it's like like all that shadow work that we were focused on, like through Samhain and, and through into Yule, now's the time to get it done, to complete it, to wrap mm-hmm. it all up and prepare to really move forward from it now. Yes, love it. Yeah, and like there's also that, you know, that rigid 
energy of transformation and, you know, transition from one period into another. Yeah. And doesn't it feel nice to sort of have almost a permission slip with these Wheel of the Year celebrations to just, I mean, I'm thinking back to how we talked about, you know, Christmas kind of being just this one big day that we just put everything into and then it's done. Whereas the 12 days of Yule or the week of Yule or whatever it is, it's yeah. it's this much nicer, better paced uh, yeah. celebration. And then the same thing here, like we're still, it's not spring yet. We're okay to still be moving at this slower pace and give yourself permission to do that. Yeah, this is the time for the groundwork. Like, yes, definitely be building, definitely be, you know, planning and getting it done, but do all the behind the scenes groundwork so that when your energy does come back and the sun's shining and you're ready to go, you've got something to start with rather than starting from scratch and trying to do it all at once. And you're not burnt out again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I tried my hand at some correspondences for this episode. I, uh, I did... I just tried to gather as much um, information from several different websites and resources, different books and stuff. And this was sort of the consensus. So there was a lot more out there that I could have listed, but these, um, the following just kind of came up over and over and over again in all of these places. So in terms of herbs, we've got bay, basil, blackberry, chamomile, lavender, and rosemary. In terms of foods, there's root vegetables, milks, seeds, so like pumpkin, sunflower, sesame, breads, cheese, and honey. And to all the fellow vegans out there, I would say go ahead and include all of your plant-based milks in that because why not, right? Absolutely. In terms of colors, whites and sort of pastel-y colors, but I would also just say like any color that you would associate with a flame as well, because it's not, but the but the candle flame, the smaller light, right? So just like those oranges and sort of softer reds, I would say. In terms of crystals, amethyst, garnet, ruby, onyx, and turquoise. The deities, as we've mentioned, would be Brigid and then triple goddess in general, uh, Serenos. Is that how you pronounce it? I know that's one of um, one of your guys, right? Some. Yeah, well, some people say Cernunos, but I it's Kernunos to me. So okay. I, I think it Kernunos. depends on the person. Yeah, okay. the horned god. <laughs> gotcha. And then Demeter and Persephone, Vesta and Venus. The animals are ewes, sheep, lamb, sheep, nope, sheep, lambs, <laughs> bear, and deer. Maybe even a groundhog. I don't know. Let's throw that in there. The themes in general are kind of awakening, initiation, rebirth, and renewal. Although I think we are going to see more rebirth and renewal as we come to Astara. And then just some general symbols, of course, candles, lanterns, daffodils, snowdrops. And I did see the broom in a couple of sources, and I liked that idea just because we are, you know, getting ready to, even if we think about shadow work, we're kind of starting to sweep away some shit, some old shit, right? So Yes, yes. And it might also be referring to the broom plant, which I am totally not oh. familiar with. But okay, in case someone uses that in their practice, then, you know, throw it in on your inbox. Oh, well, that's cool. I want to look that up now. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I knew more. Maybe maybe that'll be a herb of the week coming up. Ooh, like it. All right. Well, now let's talk about some tarot cards that we can work with or some tarot cards that might bring us some of the energies of in bulk. I think I went a little 
nuts here with the choices. Usually I only choose like two or three, maybe four. But (laughs) as I was going through the deck this time, just so many jumped out at me as having some sort of resonance with it. So I know. There's so many good ones. I did the same thing. And I see that you have quite a few too. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, here we go. So, of course, I always start out with the cards that associate with whatever zodiac season we're in. So we've got the star for Aquarius. And that actually fits so perfectly. I think more perfect than um, like with Yule, which is the only one that I can think of off the top of my head right now. But the star is like this light after the ta- after the tower, right? And not that winter is necessarily the tower, though maybe it is in a way, but um, it's just cool to have this first light and this sort of hopeful light in the sky also with the star. And then, of course, the world, um, which, associ- which corresponds with Saturn, and uh, Saturn is the ruler of Aquarius. And I thought it was so interesting to think about how both uh, Capricorn season and Aquarius season are corresponding with the world card and with Saturn and with that idea of moving slower and with that idea of sort of endings and beginnings. Like, yes, we did start anew in Yule and we're still kind of starting anew here, but we're also, I think, still kind of getting rid of and and um, moving on from stuff that we're still maybe carrying a little bit of from last year. And I think that finally starts to clear as we hit Ostara. So then I also pulled the hermit because, I mean, there's snow in the Smithwaite depiction and it just feels perfect for winter. I think I'm always going to associate it with both Yule and Imbolc. It's just, I don't know, it just seems to fit in. But it's also got that small light in the lantern. So visually speaking, I felt like it made sense. And then the high priestess and the two of swords Um, First and foremost, because they have the waxing uh, moon in the visual. So again, just that visual resonance. But also both cards kind of speak to me of a time of more internal processes, of quiet time, of finding a kind of peace and, and moving inwards instead of showing ourselves to the world. Ten of Swords is another visual representation that really struck me because we're currently still in some kind of darkness, but there is, we can, it's like in bulk, we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like the days are getting longer, spring is approaching, and in the Ten of Swords, we can see that brighter days are ahead for sure. I also pulled out Judgment. Um, It's maybe a little bit loose here or like a thin connection, but There just seemed to be something about this idea that judgment might be the last step in kind of getting our shit together so that we can move into that world card. And in bulk kind of feels like we're opening up to those final messages and we're getting our shit together kind of in order to move into Astara. And then finally, I told you I went crazy here, but the seven of pentacles, because it felt like a lesson in patience. And very often February feels like a lesson in patience for me, because the way that the figure in the Smithwaite deck looks at that bushel of pentacles is often how I feel I'm looking outside my window during February. Just like, are we there yet? Is it over yet? And just remembering like it will come and it will come faster than you remember. And then spring will be over and summer will be here and then winter will be here and like just relax. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't wish your life away. Yes. Just take it easy. I can't help but say when you were talking about the Capricorn and Aquarius, both kind of being that slowing down and moving forward at a slower pace. 
mm-hmm. I can't help but kind of look at it. It's like, okay, well, Capricorn is very earthy. So there's your very physical self being told to slow down. Yeah. Followed by your spiritual side. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's like, you know, your body needs to slow down, but so does your spirit. You need to slow down and go inward on the inside as well. You know, I don't know. I just thought that yeah. was a really neat connection Yeah. that I've never noticed before. I really love that. And I think... Uh, like I'm not I'm not trying to throw any shade at modern astrologers, but something gets lost when we start talking about um, Aquarius being ruled by Uranus. Like it loses that connection with Saturn. And I think there's something really beautiful and resonant about both Capricorn and Aquarius being ruled by Saturn and kind of um, handing the baton off to one another in a way and kind of in the way that you were just saying, like from Earth to air. So yeah, that it's again, it's that transformation, but both things yeah. are existing in the same space. But it's like, I don't know, I don't even know how to articulate what I'm trying to say, but no, I like it makes that sense connection. To me. I, have to, I have to think about it. Yeah. yeah, lots to chew on for sure. Well, I picked a lot of tarot cards as well. So hang on, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I started with the two of wands. So that's all the, the dreaming and the planning and that pause before action. So we were already talking about that quite a bit. Um, Ace of Wands is that spark before inspiration, that quickening, that stirring of the creative force. You're starting to, you're starting to really feel it. Um, temperance, which is your patience, intentional movement, and flow. Your Death card, which is letting things fall away and kind of using the death of these things to nurture and feed your new growth. So, like, think garden. So last year's garden has co- uh, it's actually become the coming year's compost. So it's being used to feed that new growth. So. Don't completely cut out your, mis- you know, I'm going to say mistakes in quotations, but, you know, things you're letting go of, it doesn't mean you can't use that to build yourself up. So, do, you know, don't throw the, the baby out with the bathwater, as the saying goes, as well as, oh, the hanged man. So that suspension, that stillness, the stasis, like that, that feeling of just being still, uh, awaiting inspiration and illumination. So there's a lot of like Odin magic there as well, like hanging, just, you know, hanging there, being very still and waiting for the the information or the guidance or the wisdom that you're seeking. I love, like I saw in the notes before we recorded that you had chosen the Ace of Wands. And at first thought, like that made me really think because I always think of the Ace as being more like springtime energy. But I think this actually makes perfect sense because it is really before you actually take any action, it's more the idea or like the acceptance of being ready to take that action, if that makes sense. Yeah, like a lot, a lot of the way I see the aces, it's that, it's hard to describe, but you know, you get that idea, but it's like that little moment of, you know, eureka before you mm-hmm. quite have the whole concept in your head. That's how I see the aces. So that's why I felt like that ace of wands really fit there. Well, in the ace of wands is, I mean, I think we talked about this in the wands about how it's like, it's a little bit phallic shaped and like it is like a bit of, you know, birth energy, but it's kind of it's the seed. It's the seed of everything. So, yeah, that seed of passion or that seed of forward yeah. movement or that seed of change or whatever it needs to be for you. And I also love that you included death because one of my favorite ways to look at death is actually talking about it in terms of compost, because I think that's kind of a way to take away the. The scariness of the death card is to talk about it in terms of like, no, 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 it's just, it's like the scraps of your carrot. Like first it was, you know, protecting the inside of your carrot and now it's going to go into your compost and then it's going to feed your garden. You know what I mean? Like that is death. Those are those transformational cycles. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah. Oof. Well, that was a lot of cards, but I think they're all pretty worthy of being chatted about with in bulk. Um, and as always, speaking about tarot, we're going to have a VIP spread for you guys. So you'll find the link in the show notes and you can use the code first light, all one word to access the spread. Yes. And this is our final wheel of the year bonus episode. I kind of can't believe it. I can't either. It does not feel like we've done eight of these yet. It really doesn't. And I I am kind of blown away that we started. It's kind of cool that we started with Astara. It seems appropriate almost, even though it's not like technically the new year on the wheel or whatever. But, no. um, but you know, yeah. that's when you start that forward movement, right? That's when things, yeah. you start to see things. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I mean, this has been such a fun journey. I've learned so much in all of these episodes. And I think that it's going to be a lot of fun to revisit them. I haven't decided, like, I don't know if we should re-release the episodes or at least just um, promote them more on the Instagram, like, as the dates come up so that people can go back and listen and stuff like that. But I know we've talked about it a lot, uh, creating some sort of wheel of the year package where there's podcasts and tarot spreads and ebooks and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if that's coming, um, you know, I think that's kind of a few months or maybe more in the works, but I think it's, I think, yeah, maybe, and maybe some of our early bonus episodes are even worth revisiting and polishing up because we were still kind of finding our groove as a coven and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That was still us even just finding, well, for me personally, learning to speak. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. I mean, even just through the wheel, I've definitely noticed that uh, Miss Cancer has come out of her shell. So, yes, a lot. And that's <laughs> thanks to you and all of our lovely listeners and all of your support. Oh, and you pushing yourself, though. It's It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was like big kicks in the arse. Yeah, but like so worth it, I think. <laughs> yeah, At least absolutely. I wouldn't change it for the looking world. Looking from the outside in. So, yes, but I've so, transformed. Oh, yeah. And speaking of sort of transforming, our bonus episode series is going to be transforming. We are shifting from Wheel of the Year episodes into a new series where we're going to be focusing on the zodiac signs as well as the Celtic tree signs. So we're going to start that in March. We're going to kick things kind of like we did with Astara. We're going to kick things off with Aries. And I looked it up beforehand. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. But I think the first one that would kind of match up with Aries and and like March to April would be Alder. Or is it Alder? Yes. Uh, Alder. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that is the one that works for March. Yeah, I think so. Cool. So definitely stay tuned for that. We're super excited to be talking about that. Obviously, I'm very excited. Jekinova gets to talk about trees. I get to talk about astrology. (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) perfect. I I get to learn about astrology in a way that I can understand it. I am stoked. I can't wait. Oh, and I get to like dive more into the world of trees, which you have totally made. Like I look at trees and I think about hugging them more than I ever, ever did before, because I don't think that was ever on my radar before meeting you, and it just seems like a natural thing now, so. Oh, that makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone, for this episode and for our entire bonus series. We will see you soon with another episode. Yes, much love and blessed Imbok. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of the Tarot Coven cast. 
Stay tuned for our next bonus episode, which kicks off a new series covering the zodiac signs as well as the Celtic tree signs, and our next regularly scheduled episode, which will have us concluding our journey through the suits of the tarot. And until then, everyone, keep making magic. 